Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Well, good morning. I have a limited time and I prepared too much. So this is going to be part one of a message that I'll continue next week uh, called The Gospel of the Kingdom. And I'm going to jump right into it because I believe the Lord wants to shift our paradigm into understanding the true desires of God for the earth. We have agreed with the gospel of salvation, but I'm not sure we've actually understood and embraced the gospel of the kingdom. And Jesus only preached one of those two, just so you know. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? He preached that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're going to get into it in just a second. And as we do, I want you just to open your heart to hear the voice of the Lord because I really have zero interest in my own opinion. I have zero interest in just man-made ideas. I, with you right now, want to hear Jesus speak. I, I, I hope that's someone else's desire today too. So when we gather as the resting place, we gather to encounter Jesus together. And that's not just when we sing. Amen. That's right now as well. So Father, we pray right now in agreement that you would make your son manifest. The person of the word would come forth. Come on. Does anybody want that? Come on. We say, Lord Jesus, be made manifest. We ask for your person to come, to be revealed. And not just, Lord, I'm not just saying, I want to know more things about you. Lord, I want to know you because I've experienced you face to face through opening your word. Lord, I plan to lock eyes with those eyes of fire by reading your scriptures and discussing them today and sharing, Lord. But I ask that your voice will be heard in my voice. We pray for today's vessel, today's speaker. Bless him, Lord. Just waiting for the amens and all the things. This is for you, not for me. We bless his tired legs. We bless his injured MCL that he probably re-injured last night dancing because he's not Gen Z. We bless him, Father. <laughs> and we ask you, Lord, to speak. Speak, Jesus. Speak, 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 speak. Y'all, I really don't want anything else. When I pray this prayer, I pray it until I feel released to stop praying it. So I'm not there yet. So, Father, I mean it. Lord, Holy Spirit, you said you would. Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit would reveal Christ to us. So do it, Lord. We're calling you on your word. We're saying this is what you promised. We ask you to do it. We want to know the living Christ today because we've opened your scriptures, because we've sought your face, because we've been a part of a gathering of people who said all we want is Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, would you be released in this place, all that you are. In your name I pray, amen. The gospel of the kingdom is the only gospel Jesus ever preached. And yet it is the least preached gospel in the Western church. I'll say it to this side of the room. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was your thinking face. Your thinking face scares me sometimes because it looks half angry, you know, sometimes just like this. It, I, I wish everybody could just stand up here next to me every time. Let's just take turns. You just stand up here and see the room while I'm talking. You would understand it a lot more, okay? Anyway, 
The gospel of the kingdom is the only gospel Jesus ever preached. Amen. Two people, one yes and an amen. That is the truth. I'm going to prove that to you with a lot of scripture today. But we need to understand the dynamics of this because it is the plan. The plan is the king's domain invading every domain. That is the plan. I know you think you're going to get zapped out of here. I know you think you're just going to get beamed right up into heaven and Jesus is going to fix everything. That is not the plan. Okay. Jesus is returning in bodily form. Amen. I completely agree. As you saw him leave, the same way he will come. That's exactly the truth. We have really warped that into escapism. We have an escapist mentality. Oh, he's going to come back and save us. He's going to rescue us. And we're going to be out of here before anything happens. Well, John wrote, "My, I'm your brother and partner in the tribulation. He wrote that years ago. Newsflash, the tribulation has already begun. Tell the people in the Middle East loosen their head for the gospel. The tribulation hasn't begun. Just have the guts to look at them in the eye and say that to their families. Come on. The gospel of the kingdom is the only true gospel there is. It's the plan for his domain to invade every domain. He will have the earth. He will have the whole universe. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we think that means the trumpet's going to blow. And he's going to come. And all this darkness is here. He's going to kick darkness's butt. And we're just going to be like, yay, now everyone knows. That's not the plan. If that were the plan, he would have never ascended. He would have stayed here. He would have kept teaching. He would have kept healing. He has delegated his authority to his church to usher in the kingdom so that this place looks like his place. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, thy kingdom come, that will be done. Get me out of earth and into heaven. It's escapism. It's not the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus never preached it. So I don't care what your Schofield Study Bible notes say. If you know, you know. I don't care. I care what Jesus said. Here's the plan. Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. Seventh number of completion. And there, was, there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. And he shall reign. Where? I'm trying not to get in trouble on live stream. I did not try in the first. I'm trying in this one. Jesus, help me guide my lips. I don't want to just say stuff. Help me, Lord. If the earth is going to disappear completely, what are the meek going to inherit? You're calling Jesus a liar. When you say this is all going to be destroyed and go away, there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. That's right. It's a renewed earth. Uh, I'm just going to prove that he preached the kingdom of 
of the gospel of the kingdom. Um, I have this fancy graphic for you just to, you know, bother those who don't like AI. I made that with artificial intelligence. Yes, it's beautiful. It's great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. Matthew eleven twelve. Jesus said this, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Some translations say advanced violently. God will have his way, you understand? You either get in his way or get with his way. And we are very much in his way when we think he's going to come back and fix everything and get us out of here. That is not the plan. The good news of salvation has been preached as the good news of the kingdom. It is not. Salvation is what gets you through the door. Now there's a whole kingdom to explore. But we've been content standing in the frame of the door. We made it, suckers. It says, to heaven with me, to H-E double hockey sticks with all of you. That's what it says. It says, I made it. Hope you make it, bro. You should come too. But we didn't even, we haven't even stepped into the participation of the kingdom yet. Some are. I'm not saying all, but this is what I'm trying to say. The good news of salvation gets you into the kingdom, but the good news of the kingdom gets heaven into earth. This is the plan. Listen, <laughs> I love altar calls. I love leading people to say a prayer. I love it. It's great. God will use all of it. Amen. I cannot find an altar call in Jesus' ministry. I cannot find a prayer of salvation in Jesus' ministry. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying I can't find it. I've been looking for a few years. If you can find it, please show it to me. I get in a lot of trouble online for saying, like, there is no prayer of salvation. There isn't one. There's a person of salvation. Lord, I don't know if this is the zeal of the Lord or just me, but I'm hot right now. Mike, I am angry. <laughs> I can't stand Jesus getting cheapened. I get really bothered by him being lessened or ignored. And I'm going to prove to you we've largely ignored him. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom. Listen to this, Mark 1, 14 through 15. It says, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Use your brain for a second. The gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel of God? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. That's the God, the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. How many of you believe you can reach out and touch the whole kingdom of heaven? Like, answer the question yourself, like, by yourself. Don't, don't be loud about it. Because I think if we answer that honestly, not all of us believe. Like, it's right there. At hand. Within reach. We think it's over there. Coming. Luke 4, 42 through 43. 
And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. This is speaking of Jesus. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Did you hear that? The kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Luke 9, 1 through 2. He called the 12 together. And he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Matthew 6, you know this one. But be, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus only ever talked about the kingdom of God. That's all he talked about. And we're trying to get people to say prayers. You know what? Okay, I'll just like pull back the curtain here for you. I, I, I love pastors. I love church leaders. I love every expression of the church. Please if you, if you think I'm lying, I wrote a book called Common Unity. You can read it. I love all the different expressions of the church. I believe it's biblical. Amen? Did you hear what I just said? Okay. 95% of the churches in America are not measuring metrics of success by the kingdom at all. We're measuring it by did they get baptized? Did they start tithing? Are they serving? We win. We're done. Our job is done. I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you, that is a full-fledged win in the church. It should not be, but it is. I can't find it in, in Jesus' name. I cannot find it in the book of Acts. I cannot find it. Should you give? Yes. Should you be baptized, proclaim publicly your faith? Yes. Should you serve your, your community and, and family and the Lord? Yes. But is that the end goal? No, it's the stinking starting point. That's elementary school, bro. We have called elementary school the epicenter of success. Oh, my. We called it a doctrine. We got a bunch of goo-goo-gaga Christians. I don't even like that word. I'm a follower of the way. It's a person. I follow him. Yes, I'm a Christian. Oh, my gosh. I can just hear Facebook right now. All right. <laughs> We're called to make disciples. Amen? Disciples of what? Like what? Do you know what disciple means? It means a learner. It means a pupil. What are they learning? If they receive Jesus, they get baptized, and then they start giving to church, and they're just here. What are they learning? Like, I learned it all. I did the thing. that We won. We win. We did the thing. You're done. Now go get someone else baptized. That's what we've done. That's the machine of the gospel of salvation. It's not the full gospel. You're to be released into the earth. Okay. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the great commission. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Did you hear that? He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. You go. He delegated his authority to humans. I don't know about you. If I were God, I wouldn't do that. I just, I met a few humans. Doesn't sound like a very efficient plan. Okay? They're going to muck it up. It's going to be a mess. But this is what he chose to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples, pupils, learners of all nations. That were nations is ethnos, by the way, ethnic groups. You don't have to go to, like, you know, another geographical nation to make disciples of all nations. It's ethnic groups. Are you hearing me? Okay. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're like, yay, we did it. No, comma. Is there a comma up there? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Comma. It's where you pause and keep reading. I went to English class, you know, high school English. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What did he command them? He taught them exhaustively about the kingdom. Read the Gospels. This is what he talked about. He's referring back to all that instruction on the kingdom. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right. I did better than the first guy. That's my introduction. Okay. I'm not kidding. I got through that. I looked up and I had four minutes left in the first. That, that is my introduction, okay? We're going to do part two next week. But I want to take you to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read 11 through 27. If you have your paper Bibles, I want to hear them. Flip them. I love a paper Bible. I'm preaching from an, av- an iPad, but it's just for convenience. This up here is just in case you forget your Bible, just so you know. I want you to practice every Sunday turning in your Bible or flipping on your phone. You know, find Luke 19. Go ahead. Come on. You either get the app on your phone, get your Bible out. This is good. I'm not going to read one verse. We're going to read a lot of verses. So this is old school. I want this church to be biblically literate. All right? You need to know. You need to know where this stuff is. I was a little embarrassed. I'll tell you a story as you're flipping to Luke 19. A little embarrassed um, yesterday because I was... Uh, Alan Ho was preaching on Joel, and I could not find Joel in my Old Testament, my Bible, because I'm so used to using my phone or whatever. I just couldn't find it. It's a very small book for, for that. But I, I just kept missing it, and the pages were kind of connected. I'm like, I had to go into the table of contents. I was like hiding it. I'm in a row of pastors. I'm like, <laughs> where is this book? <laughs> I'm with you, okay? We're together. <laughs> Anyway, Luke is a little bigger than Joel. You should be able to find it. All right. Luke 19, we're going to start in verse 11. You can read any translation you want. I'm going to read ESV. This is a parable where Jesus is one instance of him explaining the kingdom in parabolic form. A parable is a, a mystery. It's a metaphor. It's a story in order to reveal an eternal truth. Okay? Are you following? So Jesus was a master storyteller. He would use stories. He would use examples, metaphors. And he would reveal eternal truth. Got it? This is one of those. All right? And he said, it says in verse 11 of Luke 19, As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable. Because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. Meaning all at once. That immediately wasn't, it's not like quickly, like it's going to come fast. It's, it's all coming right now. That it's not progressive. That it's immediate. Are you following me? Okay. He said, therefore, and here's the parable. A nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. Say business. That word in uh, New King James, or King James is usually occupy. Occupy until I return is what it says in many translations. Okay. Say occupy. It's important. But his citizens hated him. And sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came to him, came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. This is pretty radical. Like, Imagine handling $1,000 and turning it into 2000 and be given 10 cities. 
That's kind of what's happening here. Think of that. He's faithful with little, be faithful with much, right? And the second came saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, you are to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in my savings account. Oh, never mind. It says in a handkerchief. Sorry, misspoke there. <laughs> For I was afraid of you because you're a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. Pause right here, okay? You understand the nobleman in this parable is Jesus. What we have right here is a misunderstanding of the Father. You may not see it right away, and I don't have time to break it down, but Jesus says in this parable, he said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and am I coming, I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Is this bothering anyone's socialism yet? It's going to get worse. <laughs> okay. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. Might be what we say. I, and he says, I tell you that everyone who has more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It's like. The opposite of socialism right there, just so you know. Like that is, that is, and he's explaining the kingdom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but as, it, gets, it gets worse or better, however you want to judge it. I don't know. He says, but as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. That, we're talking about Jesus right now. Jesus said that. This is Jesus telling a parable. We're like, wait a minute. What happened to happy Jesus? <laughs> wow. He's really mad. This is a parable of him ascending into heaven and dispersing gifts. And our call is not to maintain what he gives us, to save it. It's to multiply what he gives us. You know what maintenance is in the kingdom of God? Wicked and lazy. Maintaining, keeping the same pace, keeping the same amount, not growing, wicked and lazy. <laughs> Apply it to our money and we're all like, oh, I can't even save money. I don't even know. <laughs> what does that mean for me? <laughs> it's not just about money. It's a parable. It says, whatever he gives you is made to be multiplied in your hands. The servant who said, I knew you to be a harsh man, a severe man, whatever. Did you notice he never admits that he's a harsh man? Does Jesus reap where he did not sow? Does he steal? No. So this person is saying, I knew you were this kind of person. And let me break it down for you because I don't have time. If Jesus... Jesus was saying to him, if I really was that person, you would have put that sucker in the bank. If I, you knew me to be that person, you would have at the very least gotten interest. He's saying to him, you're lying. You're trying to make me look bad for your laziness. You're trying to make me out to be some harsh guy, some unfair thief. 
when in fact it's your own laziness you're trying to cover up. That's what's happening here. The servant is trying to evade responsibility of their stewardship. He made it clear. He said, occupy until I return. He said, do business. That is what that word means in the Greek, by the way. Do business. That's why I read it in this translation. It means it's a mercantile term for trading or exchanging, to make gain, to bear much fruit. It's used in that way. It means to turn something over, making a good trade to a good account, to administrate, manage profitably the capital at your disposal. Did you hear that? Some Christians don't even know if they're allowed to, like, have money in the bank. And God said, Jesus said, you better make some profit. You better multiply what I give you. If he gives you a job and you're making a certain amount of money, you should be making that money make money. Hello? If he gives you a gift or a talent, you better not be keeping it in a handkerchief. You better be giving it away. You better be multiplying it. You better be raising up others. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's when we withhold that we're actually covering up our own laziness. Like, I don't want to lose what God. No, no, no. You don't want to risk it because you're not, you're not being courageous in the Lord. He is calling us to occupy. What does that mean? Does that mean like we, you know, we like every president needs to be a Christian, like a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-following Christian? Does that mean every person in Congress? Does that mean every business leader, if they're a CEO and they're not a Christian, then that the world's going to go to crap. Is that what that means? No. <laughs> it means whatever he gives you, you better be multiplying. And let the chips fall where they are. It's not a top-down approach. Are you hearing me? Jesus, the king of the universe, came and served. He made himself of no rep reputation. He served humanity. Think how humble it has to be for, uh, for God to become you. Your limitations, your boundaries. Is that not humility? This is his model for us. So we can't strip his command from his character. This is what happens. People start preaching things, you know, and I'm not upset. Some of my friends preach this stuff, whatever. But, like, it's about occupying, getting into every place of influence. Yes, you need influence, but you need to get it through servanthood. Did you hear me? You don't need to buy influence. You need to serve your way into a place of influence. You need to serve one another. And if he gives you money, you should serve with your money. But if you got time, you better be serving with your time. Why? Because the kingdom is advancing violently. And you're either in its way or working with it along the way. I don't know if you're hearing me. I don't mean this to be a hard word. I'm just trying to get us back to the reality of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. How horrible would it be that you get to those pearly gates, everything you've been wanting, right? You get to heaven, and then he shows you not a list of your sins, because those are forgotten, by the way. Stop, stop believing that garbage that he's going to give you the YouTube clip of your worst sins in heaven's gates. He doesn't even remember them. That's Hebrews 8. You can, whatever. Okay. So <laughs> he's going to give you a list of what you didn't multiply. Here's the women you could have rescued out of human trafficking. Here's the children you could have given a home to. Here's the one that committed suicide because you didn't show up. And you say, like, those are my sins. No, those are your laziness. That's where you didn't allow the kingdom to advance. This is the good news of the kingdom. You have access to meet every need that comes across your path. 
you have access from the heavenly realm to give from God to others. You are the conduit of heaven. You're to plug in and let him supply every need according to his riches and glory. Are you hearing me? You have an opportunity. And in the midst of disruption, in the midst of economic downturn, the worst thing we can do is complain. When we have access to the boss man. Uh, hear me, I'm just going to give you the gospel of the kingdom in one nutshell. And you may not be back next week. I don't care. I'm going to say what he told me to say. I really don't. I'm not here for you. I'm here with you for him. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to last week and be even more offended. It's good. <sighs> the gospel of the kingdom is the good news. Say good news. That we have access to the realities of heaven right now and how we are to engage the earth with these realities, transforming it for his pleasure until Jesus returns in all of his glory. That's the good news of the kingdom. Isn't that more exciting than attending church and giving money and hoping other people get wet? I'm just, I'm bored with Western Christianity. I don't know about you. Just am. I want the kingdom to advance. We need to invade every sphere of society with servanthood. Say servanthood. With excellence, with love, in order to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And this is why we are hosting this conference coming up called Built for AI. Yes, this is why. Because the kingdom will advance with or without you. Amen? Like, the Lord will just raise somebody else up. You know what love is? First thing love is patient. God is love. He'll be patient. He wants to transform the earth to look like heaven. And he's calling us to do it. He's calling us to do it. But if we don't, he'll, he'll use someone else. You're like, well, it's going to happen anyway. Wicked and lazy. If that's your response, I am calling you wicked and lazy. Of course, that's just for the people on live stream, no one in the room, obviously. All those Christians over there at that other congregation somewhere, of course not you. I'm not mad at you. I hope you can feel like the urgency in my heart over this. If I don't stand up and say this stuff, you're, you're going to, the disruption that's coming that is already upon us is going to take you by surprise. It's like I'm going to let you run into traffic. You don't let a child just run out into traffic without saying something blissfully ignorant, and they get hit by a car. That is not love. Are you hearing me? So if this feels like discipline, good. Good. I'm okay with it. You might not be okay. I'm okay. Because I know the Lord so told me to say this stuff. I do have compassion for you, and that's why I'm saying this. I'm like, it's going to be okay. I love you. But do you understand? Goldman Sachs, last year, they are predicting, last year, article, I think it was March last year, they wrote that generative AI, artificial intelligence, is going to remove 300 million jobs in the next three years. 60% of the jobs held by women are going to be obsolete in three years or less. You think I'd love, it'd be loving to you to not try to prepare you for what's happening? You think that'd be love to just be like, ah, it'll be fine. With warnings like that? 
I feel like a prophet warning the people. I feel like I'm at the, I'm a watchman on the wall saying, wake the heck up. Amazon just laid off 10,000 people. Amazon. They're not hurting for, for business, y'all. This is a labor disruption that has never been seen before. There's been labor disruptions. There's been economic downturn. There's been all that stuff. This disruption is going to widen the gap between the rich, rich and the poor unless we advance the kingdom. And we can blame it and we can ignorantly, and I say ignorantly loudly, ignorantly, call it the devil like we did with the internet, like we did with the television, like we did with every other technological advancement, and be caught with our pants down in three years without jobs. Or we could say, Jesus, are you calling me to occupy until you return? And if so, how? This conference, we're bringing Joseph Matera, who is a biblical scholar, and he's a church historian, he's a church planner and a pastor. He's a mentor of mine. I've been listening to him for almost two years now. Every Thursday, we have a Zoom call. I'm in a group. This guy is amazing. And he's going to give you the whole historical perspective that, you know, 500 years ago, the church was the pioneer of industry. Christians were the ones creating new technology. It wasn't Elon Musk. It was, it was saints creating stuff like AI. You understand? He's going to break it down for you. And then Elijah Lowe is a tech expert. He's been in artificial intelligence for years. And he's going to explain. We're going to put a pin mark on the map. Say, here's where we actually are with AI. This is where, this is where the technology is. Because you might hear a lot of stuff like on Twitter or, or a lot of stuff on Fox News or whatever. This is where we actually are. And he's going to be he's informed about it. He's actually in the field. And then um, Chad Reyes, who's a, a leadership expert with John Maxwell, he's going to come and bring a leadership perspective. So if you are breathing a believer and have a job, you need to be at this conference. Straight up. This is the most disruptive technology of our time. And you can be like, nah, whatever. We'll talk in three years. 60%. If 60% of the women, even 30% of the women in the United States lose their job, 50% of the churches will close. You understand? Women give more than men. Just so you know. Statistically speaking, across the whole United States. The women are the reason the families are given. You understand, like, we can lose this building. This is not, like, we have a mortgage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One person said yes. There's a couple of nods. Okay. This is not a time to be afraid. It's a time to take the kingdom by force. To say, Lord, what are you calling me to? So this conference is about information and inspiration. So you get settled. Beyond that, it's not going to solve everything. The next layer is we need to raise up tech experts to be ethical gatekeepers on the technology. Because this type of technology without gatekeepers will do really bad things. Just like the internet. Hello? The internet can be used for pornography or the preaching of the gospel. It's an amoral tool. We need ethical gatekeepers. And let me just, the last thing I'll say about this. this. The pace and acceleration of artificial intelligence is ten times faster than any other technological advancement. So where the church was like five years behind before, ten years behind, we will be 50 or 100 years behind. You understand? Did you hear what I just said? It, it is going to go so quickly. 
that the church, if we do not tap into the creative genius of heaven and look for an opportunity to pivot, we will be lost and unable to help. I want to help some people through such a disruption. I want to be one of those people that can actually supply someone's need in a famine. I want to be a Joseph that says, I prepared for this. Not only can I help you, I have grain to sell. Hello? Pharaoh put Joseph in charge, and Joseph, they fed the nations around them in a famine. How did that happen? He prepared. Come on. I am sounding the, the trumpet, y'all. And I don't talk like this. Have I ever talked like this? Have I ever done this? This is not... If, this is not how I talk. I'm telling you, there's an urgency in my spirit that says, if I don't say something, I'm responsible. So I get to wash my hands of this. <laughs> Seriously, like, you understand that's what prophets do? I'm not really, you know, calling of a prophet. But when you speak as a prophet, you're not responsible for the result. You're responsible for the message. So I'm saying the message. You're responsible for the result. We have a QR code. <laughs> it's February 10th. You can only get it in person. Scan that thing and register today. $25 gets you the whole conference. There's some tiered up things if you want private Q&A with the, the people that are putting it on. There's some other resources if you want to do that. But $25 gets you in. It's not our conference. We're hosting them. And it, what's cool about it is they're not taking any honorariums. The speakers are not taking honorariums. We're paying for their expenses to come, okay? But they don't want any honorariums. And all of the profit from the ticket sales is going to go into the ministry of the resting place. It's really cool. They're even all their book sales on, on the weekend, all the profit from their book sales, they're going to give back to the church. So they are sounding the alarm. They are stepping in and saying, this is for you. We're here to serve you. But if you don't show up, I'll just be here standing with my friends saying, sorry, I tried. I did everything I could. They didn't hear me. Hear me, please. And this is not just like how to use chat GPT. This is understanding the nature and essence of the technology so that we can move from a place of, of knowledge, not ignorance. You know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I have a concern that the church, I mean, I, I mean the conversation already is being had, y'all about universal-based income, about this sparking that. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's a problem, okay? Problem. They're already having these conversations. There are people that are literally trying to use artificial intelligence right now to create an AI super god. There are already AI sex bots where people can go and have intercourse with a physical bot that's powered by AI. That will talk to them, say what they want to say. They can program it. This is happening right now, y'all. Joseph was at a, a marketing conference. He said, it's happening right now. The layoffs are happening right now in his industry in sales. It's happening. It's not, maybe it's going to happen. It's happening. All the way unto, they're talking about transhumanism, y'all. Transhumanism. Half robot, half person. And modifying our person, like, it'd be great, like, if you have an eye problem and they can use technology so you can see, that'd be great. But, like, putting a man's brain in a woman's body. They are having these conversations, y'all. And this technology is making way for it. We need gatekeepers. 
We need gatekeepers who say, no, we're not going to let the internet be used for, you know, child pornography and things like that. Someone did that. Someone said, no, that should be illegal, right? They rose up because they were informed. I'm trying to do the same thing now. And the good news of the kingdom is we have access to the solution. So you can bury your head in the sand and act like it's not happening. Or you can be afraid of it out of ignorance. But I'm calling you into the kingdom to advance the kingdom with these tools. Amen? I feel mean, but I'm not feeling mean. This feels mean, but I'm not being mean. I mean it. (laughs) Would you stand? We're going to have our prayer team come up. Zoe's going to close the gathering. Was that helpful at all to anyone? I hope so. I don't know, always need feedback, but today is one of those days I need feedback. So, Zoe, come up here. I'm going to pray and then hand it to you. So, Lord Jesus, break us out of fear. Break us out of ignorance. Show us your anointing for the hour. Give us ears to hear like the sons of Issachar who knew the times and what to do in them. Do it, Lord. Make the resting place. Sons of Issachar who recognized the time and the season and knew what to do. Lord, we're doing, I'm doing everything I can, Jesus, you know it. Our team is working hard on this. We are calling the church up. And Father, I ask you, bring, bring pastors, bring business leaders, bring everyone in this room so that we can start to understand and grapple the day we're in and seek you about what to do in it. Because that's the connection, y'all. You got to know what day you're in to seek him about it. So, Lord, show us. We pray that you would continue to use us and show us how to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome, Zoe. She's going to close. She's a lot happier than me today. So, Yes. Well, yes. We're happy because there is a King Jesus who even created the kingdom for us to get to pursue and grow. So if, if for those of you in here who don't know who that Jesus is or even heard of this kingdom, it is free to you, it's full of love, and it's full of freedom and healing. And so I want to just invite you to, uh, if you don't know who that Jesus is, he's a man who died on the cross for you because he loved you to pay for your depression, for your anxiety, for your shame, and for every choice that you've ever regretted. He took it all the way. Like Caleb said, it's completely forgotten. He doesn't even remember it. And if you want to walk in and choose and step into that freedom that's completely available to you, this team right here at the front, myself included, I'll be up here. Uh, we're here to pray with you, to fully receive you and accept you as he does. Because uh, we have him living inside of you, and it's your turn to also have him inside of you. The creator of the universe who sneezes constellations chose your body to live inside. So step into that authority, step into that freedom, and let's grow this kingdom together. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you for every single family member in this congregation, Lord, that we just get to come together and learn what it looks like to grow your kingdom. God, to be in the position of influence and servanthood and authority. We thank you and we choose you this morning and we choose you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.